Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Lifestyle Architecture Lab. In this show, I talk about lifestyle design, financial freedom, and also dissect the process, behavior, and routines of the personalities who have designed a lifestyle of freedom for themselves. These guests range from artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, lifestyle coaches, investors, professional athletes, etc. These conversations dig deep into their stories to find out their thought process, tools, strategies and tricks that makes them tick. This is happening. Let me just do what I love to. No 95. This is Lifestyle Architecture Lab and I'm your host Himanshu Saksdeva. In this episode I'm talking to Vijay Nair who is a former lieutenant commander of Navy. He's also a blogger and author. He has written a book named uh, They Inspire. He's also an endurance runner and a corporate professional post his retirement from defense services. In this episode, we talk about his story, how he got into defense services despite all the financial and other difficulties in initial days, his naval academic days and some stories from his active service duty times. At some places in this conversation, I literally got goosebumps listening about the armed forces and the sacrifices they make for the nation. We also talk about how he got introduced to running due to his health condition and how it changed his life. He is doing the Comrades Marathon this year in June and training hard for it at the moment. He is a great example of turning your passion into reality. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Vijay Nair. Hey Vijay, welcome to the show. Thank you Manshu. Great to... You know, uh, see you after long and having me on your show. I was really looking forward to this conversation with you and it's great to have you on the show. I've known you since past three to four years now as you are one of the influencers in the Bombay running community. Uh, We met a couple of times before but very briefly uh, on a few running events. Uh, Usually we meet at Autism Run which is held by Saivari. True, true, true. Yeah, so... Uh, but I got curious to know more about you when you started the series on Facebook, which was called They Inspire. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. which is uh, an ongoing profile series for the common runners and their stories. Finally, it is published as a book as well with the same name. You also publish a lot of uh, humor and sarcasm infused posts on Facebook and the engagement level with the audience is really, really high and amazing. Uh, you wear a lot of hats. As an author, a blogger, a passionate runner, an ex-naval officer, a corporate professional now, a husband, a father and a lot lot more. So you have created a, a lifestyle for yourself which is uh, really amazing and astonishing. 
I have a good number of questions for you today uh, to ask you. Can you please start off by telling us about your initial days and the time of struggle? First of all, thanks, Nimanshu. Uh, I've been knowing you for three, four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, uh, you know, like we would not have met pretty often, but uh, whenever we have seen each other, we do have waved and said hi. Yeah. So, as you said, uh, you have been following my series "They Inspire," mm-hmm. which is now a bestseller uh, in Crossword from last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad to be in this arena of and wearing, as you said, multiple hats. That's that's what keeps your life ticking and moving on. Mm-hmm. To tell you more about me, as I would say, uh, you know the very apt title uh, from my initial days of growing would be Gully Boy. You know, wow. so when I say Gully Boy, uh, as you are aware, today I do uh, live in a pretty decent and one of the most upmost societies of Bombay mm-hmm. uh, in Mulund. Uh, life was not that hunky dory uh, when things started for us three three siblings mm-hmm. and my dad being a, a technical worker himself and he was a communist leader he was a union leader so life was pretty uh, tough and uh, he believed in content living you know whatever you have you leave and there was no ambition to him so our life was struggle you know we we as I said. Uh, I lived in a chawl in Bhandu mm-hmm. and uh, had made a lot of friends. Had seen the best of days, you know, uh, being staying in a one room kitchen or sort of thing, one plus one, what you call. Mm-hmm. But uh, those were the beautiful days, no doubt, because that life really taught us uh, how to live, uh, you know, within your limits. And uh, I made best of the friends there have pretty close friends there even today even today i go back uh, to that place pretty often mm-hmm. and uh, mom has been a great support because as you said someone has to be there to uplift you yeah and to us all three of siblings of course dad uh, never interfered in our things he he wanted us to be educated but uh, i would say mom played a huge role to mold us and her one thing was education because she believed that education is one thing which will uplift you so there was no compromise on education as far as uh, all three of us were concerned <clears throat> and trust me uh, even when i joined navy uh, later when i'll speak more about it mm-hmm. still a couple of years we used to live in chawl and though in spite of having a house in uh, that time i booked a house in mulund Still, we went back, and, and absolutely, there is no regret because life, all the teachings of life, have come through there. It was a happy place for it, you. It was a happy place, like you know, like when my dad, today dad and mom, of course, mom uh, uh, has adjusted to this life. My dad still misses those times when, because chawl and all, it used to be an open door policy, what we call. Right. Everyone used to be there, and we three being boys, so our house was like open house. For like, a like a community. Like a community. Uh, today, when we uh, live in a huge complexes and all, it's more of a closed-door, gated community. That's what my dad say. Right. Uh, but of course, uh, as I say, you have to uplift yourself uh, whenever the opportunity permits. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, only thing uh, what I want my daughter is to learn that uh, being humble. 
understanding the things having the value of money and everything so i do take her pretty often to place where i live used to live so that's that's what uh, you know uh, was the challenges in growing up but that was a beautiful challenge as i said academics there was no compromise on academics all of us were good at studies and probably uh, even after joining navy i took my academics i did my graduation uh, post graduation and a double mba everything during my phase in navy and uh, you know and post navy also i do keep still uh, even today i do some of the small courses maybe a diploma and where where are the opportunities keep learning me. keep learning you know learning never ends right and learning That's is true. the only thing as apj kalam said uh, which will uplift you even at that age he used to study so definitely going forward towards your naval uh, academic uh, days first of all how did you learn about navy and then eventually you got the job there so uh, we are three siblings i am the eldest you know this like my brother second brother he's also a marathon runner he's doing very well in his life he's two years younger to me and the youngest one is pretty young you know like he's like 12 years gap so always owners and being that role model lied on me being the eldest mm-hmm. uh, so I was from a very small school though it was from a English medium school but it was run by a Malayali trust school and my father being pretty active over there so though it's English school and when you happen to stay in a very uh, you know a, a locality where most of the people are workers and other thing so you hardly get to ch- used to get chance to speak in English so I still remember the incident you know when I went to uh, my 11th grade and 12th grade and as you know like you are into your teenage mm-hmm. and uh, the first time i proposed a girl was you know saying her that you look handsome so that was my <laughs> english and then you know today i author authored a bestseller and a couple of books are in pipeline i blog mm-hmm. i speak and i speak in english most um, <laughs> so looking back looking back I always used to wonder you know like uh, what life would be but it came every, a full circle it came a full, full circle and everything is belief everything is that self confidence uh, wherever you go and a lot of lot lot of reading you know i do lot of reading yeah. uh, so any articles and things like that which is bound to improve your language even today when i speak in a public forum i do struggle for words uh, which even when i block today my daughter do correct me for my grammars mm-hmm. but that's life you know and it, i think if you want to write you need to read a lot more before Obviously, writing to to be a good blogger to be a good uh, writer even when you are a situational writer you need to read you know you need to read you know need to know the uh, pretty current things on which you need to blog and things like that so that was the good days uh, till standard 10th uh, you know like i was always into sports and other thing and then sudden shock came uh, i was average student but then my dad wished that if i come in first three in school he will give me uh, i think a cycle or a, a bike or something he said that time mm-hmm. and that was a motivation to you know study hard to be very frank <laughs> Right. and then luck would have it been i, I did well in uh, school and 
I was uh, though I was among the first three uh, that came as a shock to everybody. But then that's life, you know. Like I, I had a good percentage then, and then I moved to a junior college, eleventh and twelfth grade. So I met my wife now, Mala, in uh, my junior college days. Uh, her brother was my classmate, and wow. we happened to be a good friend, and you know, like. All those stories. She, she, uh, she is still, you know, uh, we're married for close to fifteen years now. Still, uh, we don't have that husband-wife uh, feeling. We still have that friend, which we used friend to be. Friend feeling. Yeah, friend feeling. And then I used to go to her home, and my brother-in-law always says, "Sala ghar pe aake chura ke leke gaya tha." But frankly, you know, and uh, I always tell her, "See how lucky you are. You, you are dating me, and then you married me." And she uh, reverses back, vice versa. So we keep on. So that keeps us going on, and we have a, a good daughter. relationship. Yeah, it's a good relationship. We have a daughter, thirteen mm. years old now. Wow. So, so going back, uh, uh, as I said, life was a struggle even in eleventh and twelfth. As you know, everyone would go for classes and all uh, for science. I was in the science grade, but uh, I couldn't afford a good class because dad didn't have money that time. So only option was to you know uh, do self study in twelfth standard and some support from my uh, a sir who was teaching us in tenth standard. Mm-hmm. Still, I did well in twelfth and then perks of being a good student. perks of being a good student and probably all friends helping with notes and all. Mm-hmm. And then happened to uh, chance upon engineering. Why I say chance upon because it was the last day for filling the form and. Uh, To be very frank, you know, like the fees was four thousand rupees annually, and uh, we didn't have fees to pay four thousand rupees. So dad was like, "How will we afford?" Uh, you know, but then mom was very adamant. No, you have to since you are good student and you had uh, required percentage, money will come. So that's how I enrolled into engineering, and then four years of engineering in hostel, two years of day uh, day scholar, and two years of hostel. And uh, yeah, I was the general secretary in my college. Was good wow. at sports and uh, so many things. Uh, things happened. That is where the first uh, inclination towards public speaking happened when started going on stage. Uh, It was in college itself. And the first thing came when uh, when I was the first general secretary of my college. Uh, that was the first time when you know you happened to speak to people on stage. So. Across your twelfth standard and uh, engineering, you were—I uh, was young. I was just the best personality in my college. We have a festival in engineering college called Spring Fiesta. I was Mr. Spring Fiesta for that year, and then, wow. uh, <laughs> then chance happened that uh, you know uh, the only thing was engineering. You have to clear your fourth, last fourth semester during our time. With first class, I did have ATKTs and other thing, but the last four semesters I really worked hard, and uh, I was third in my college, engineering college, and then I was as the best student, best engineering student in year nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight. Ninety eight. Ninety four to ninety eight. So journey was pretty good, and then I chanced upon one of my friend, you know, like he had a cutting off. service selection board for navy uh, he wanted to join but then his parents were pretty conservative and they didn't allow him 
and he just happened to show it to me ki you know like you have all the inclination and then i always used to tell my only aim my goal was pretty clear i was very very clear that i wanted to join armed forces and from initial um, days with initial days it was i very I was pretty attracted toward white first of all mm-hmm. and then only thing what happens is uh, you know uh, being in chawl and that there are no no many mentors to you even i want to join defense force even today i see uh, people want to join but there are no one to guide you know how to go where to go yeah because there are various streams in uh, armed forces and yeah. trust me armed forces is one of the best career options but sad that uh, there are hardly people to mentor you and tell you what to do so i was also in that same street but my goal was very very clear to be in uh, armed forces so that's why uh, so someone inspired you at that so time? my mama uh, my uh, mom's elder brother he was in in a navy uh, he was uh, into the uh, he was a technical officer there uh, so that was one of the motivations of because i happened to see vikrant when i was very small he had took me to vikrant i understand vikrant i understand vikrant yeah. so that was one of the biggest motivation and and you know used to see serial fauji and and yeah. i always used to believe that men in white once you are in white you look pretty handsome so that was one of <laughs> that's the, true the, being a sagian so that uh, that motivation comes for you to look good and being in that limelight or whatever so that was one one of the biggest motivation so in standard 12th i did clear my nd exams national defense academy uh, i had given iit jwe couldn't crack uh because as i said uh, i couldn't afford the classes so it was pretty bad but nd i could clear because uh, i had got whole lot of notes and other thing so when i was selected for the service selection board interview after uh, 12 that was the time i landed in hospital because of jaundice and other thing mm-hmm. and then i couldn't attend the ssb interview oh so there was no chance because they don't consider you the next time the process has to happen and for us losing even one year that time was a big thing today if you see uh, kids uh, they are ready to sacrifice that one year of career yeah they don't mind in our time when uh, late 90s and all early 90s and all it was not at all an option you know you have to move on with bsc or other thing plus the money you know academics uh, yeah. you couldn't afford that time so things happened i was in engineering as i said that a friend showed me this paper and i was tracking ki what is the next i was trying for cdse i knew that combined defense service examination was around the corner and then this ad happened to be the savior he showed me and even dad was clear one of you have to join armed forces so one of the three siblings one of the three siblings have to join armed forces mm-hmm. uh, that was his one of his desires my second brother was the most uh, you know uh, eligible shortlisted for that <laughs> because he was having all those uh, army thing in him uh, so he also did uh, try uh, but couldn't get through because of the i think height issue and other thing mm-hmm. so when in seventh semester i started preparing for uh, uh, this exams parallelly along with my engineering semester and then yeah luck would have been i was uh, you had to write an essay on why you want to join you know that was the first thing so i wrote an essay i got an interview call and then uh, while in my 7th semester i was permitted to go for interview which happened to be in bangalore now the service selection boards are one of the toughest interviews uh, in india you know mm-hmm. like because it spans over a 5 days period 
and what happens is first day when you go there first day you you have some 400 500 people coming all of them who have got interview calls and then they screen you out this they only keep 60 people and rest of them have to go either same day back or out of 500 out of 500 or same day back or the next day morning so yeah i was lucky to get through in that in that screening exam mm-hmm. i was in that 60 and then uh, once you are in that then you are there for next 5 days and you have series of uh, interviews you know like you have tests you have uh, you name it you have that you have public speaking you have uh, you know group task you have individual word building you have uh, contemporary speaking and and what not and it ends with a personal interview now the beauty is you cannot bluff at any stage in various stages of your interview you have to be constant because there are there are something called group uh, gtos group mm-hmm. task officers they are trained for it to identify people and and, and later towards uh, i learned uh, that you know they don't look for the top guys or the iit uh, aptitude type guys they want some someone who's got attitude aptitude and uh, who's uh, consistent throughout because their expectant uh, they expect from you is that you are you are going to be the leader you know you are going to lead men and this gtos all your phases are recorded and if they see consistency from day 1 to day 5 how you mix up with people and in your group task what is the role of you as a leader as a team man all those things and in the personal interview they again screw you so badly they ask so many questions and and, and, and there are psychologists who are observing you uh, through you know a chamber and four people interviewing you and then your body language everything though i i was aware all this happens but you know nobody can fake it in front of them even today going even, through it is a yeah, different experience even even uh, there are so many classes these days who will uh, tell you what exactly happens but then i strongly believe even today after uh, you know being there for 10 years and 10 years after that nobody can fake uh, the interviews there mm-hmm. so it has to be so was lucky uh, when the result was announced when everyone used to be in bunch with all their bags and everything that's the time they announced who all got selected you know so today what we wear as runners bib everyone used to get those bib numbers bib. yeah and then they used to come up with a list and say okay bib number so and so got selected and then uh, in our batch of 500 initially to 60 and then only three names were called eventually the first name happened to be my name you know wow. and then i was like i couldn't believe okay because the first name happened to, first number happened to be mine and two more and then rest all you know that euphoria of everyone congratulating you and everyone seeing you okay he's made through and throughout i was pretty happy that and my happiness was that okay boss you're getting a job you know like that was the most uh, needed thing of the right. but it didn't end there uh, after that selection you have to undergo 5 days of medical test which is more challenging than this thing every aspect of your body is covered right from uh, you know head to toe whatever you call then the final selection happens and then the final merit list comes because there are batches there are so many batches which comes and then the final merit list comes 
so even if you are out of that merit list you have to repeat everything next time to get through you know and that's pretty traumatic mm-hmm. i've I had met few of the guys who were appearing for second or third time uh, i was very uh, i was seeing their passion of being there you know wow so things happened i cleared medical and then uh, the merit list came and uh, within no time you know the joy of getting that letter in hand a report to naval academy goa for your training and you will be a sub lieutenant cadet that time and yeah so you landed on 4 january 1999 into academy on 99 99 yeah wow <laughs> that was that's a good 20 years yeah, so that, that first day was a euphoric feeling you know you are there and and when you got that selection and when i was still in my 7th semester you have a one more semester to pass and everyone look up to you so the way the day change you know everything change people oh, he's the first one to get the job in this college because i was from the premium batch the first batch of that college itself so today when i go for alumni meet and i still command that respect uh, even today you know like i two weeks back i have been to college so they even the professors everyone so things changed for me that night and salary uh, that time was like 20000 rupees wow. 1999 Whereas my peers or my, my batchmates, who later got job, they were getting three thousand, four thousand. More, most of them moved into IT. Things are different, of course. For five years, they all were earning forty, fifty, sixty thousand. We were stuck still at that government pay. Uh, but, uh, but yes, life changed from thereafter. Nice. And this selection uh, committee, you said, it is pretty tough to crack, right? As earlier, you told me when we met. Amitabh Bachchan has also been rejected from this. Yes, yes. In fact, uh, uh, in fact, you know there are series of uh, uh, celebrities who are there today have been rejected. So mm-hmm. Amitabh has many times in his interview told that had I not been uh, rejected in uh, at Allahabad SSB, you know, so I would not have been the Amitabh Bachchan which I have been today. Wow. So, so you can imagine uh, there is the, no hanky panky there. nothing everything is merit everything is merit so so it's always a proud moment being clearing the ssb is a big thing you know mm, so right all right so how was it uh, when you uh, when you first got into the academy the initial days uh, can you tell more about that those training days uh okay so as i said 4 january was the first day and then uh, you land into academy and mm, You know, where were you placed if you don't mind telling so it was in goa naval academy goa mm-hmm. now the academy has moved to kerala one of those uh, places in kerala so that when we joined it was in uh, goa and all those feeling of you know all my family coming to drop me at railway station to landing in goa and then moving in a military truck to the academy and then the first day all uh, all your world crashes when you join to academy because you know you have those big hairs and stylish hair when you are engineering college fourth year uh, being the general secretary and blah 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 all those thing and first day when you reach academy when you are mustered in the evening the first thing they do is cut your hair you know like you are made absolutely zero cut they call you don't have anything and being a uh, mallu Uh, I am not permitted to shave off my moustache. So that's that's a part of my family tradition, whatever you call. So you didn't uh, cut your moustache there? No, I had to. There was no option. Oh. So, so they shave it off everything, and then 
then the first time that night you actually wear a night suit to sleep you know i used to see in movies and films okay okay bande night suit pehen ke sote hain karke so everything is was part of that curriculum and then uh, the next day morning if you have to venture out from your dormitory to the bathroom you have to wear the uh, bathing gown and all those things which i used to see in movies earlier or a ashok kumar and fran all those articles wearing or etiquette so so the academy days was totally totally different first one month was it was like where i am you know like and they give you first two weeks to see whether you can adjust if not you can go home and post two weeks there is no way you can go back no going back no going back it's like they will come and pick you up from your home you would have heard lot of stories of you know wow is so, it that, that's two weeks they give you and thereafter they won't so right from discipline was pumped into you uh, they say if you you know deserve respect then you have to get the respect and if you don't get the respect demand respect and command respect that was the uh, thing there and then uh, everything was time based you know right from your getting up at something called that there is a bugle which goes up at the morning 5 o'clock you have to get then we were not used to getting up at 5 o'clock of course today we are runners and all so 5 o'clock is again not a body used now. to eat yeah. that day it was that time it was not and then uh, you have a dormitory where 12 people used to be there and and it was told that this will be the people who would be more than your family till the time you die you know uh they they are called your coastmates they some coastmates coastmates in armed forces and trust me trust me uh, though of course my family is very beautiful and my brothers are very loving and all but these buggers are still like you know they can land up any time in your home and they can come on demand they can do anything even today so that is the type of bonding which armed forces build because their entire funda they work is on the principle of you know uh, uh when you are in war so there happens to be either you when there is an enemy so if your buddy gets hit you have to save him first so the entire principle everything works on that so that is what uh, the academy teaches you and just imagine you have everything timed your bathing time is timed your breakfast is timed your classes times are timed you have some 8 to 10 minutes to bath and then initially uh, uh, if you don't do that so you get into something called the punishment mode they have various lot of punishments there so actually when the breakfast bathing time used to be 7 minutes for 12 of us and then 7 uh, minutes for 12 minutes, people 12 of us initial day and most of the time 3 3 4 4 of, of us used to bath together <laughs> so so <laughs> group bath group bath and you never used to realize ki kaun kisko sabun laga raha hai you know that is what the bonding we wow so, so yeah things change uh, then the breakfast trust me the first day of breakfast first few days i couldn't have anything because you have to have so many cutleries there fork knife spoon and then you have to apply the butter in a particular spread in this thing direction has, direction was also defined you cannot wow go and there were between four of three of us there used to be a senior who used to say and he used to notice whether we are eating it properly with proper cutlery and if you 
if you may used to make any mistake there used to be punishment on the table itself there is something called okay uh, you cut a omelet and you do a round 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 thing and put it in your mouth so you have again as i said it was a defined time for breakfast also many a time you ended up having a breakfast in front of you and not having full you know mm-hmm. so that was first month and by the time you leave academy after 6 to 8 months you are a champion you know you know 5 minutes you know what all to do and how, what what all can happen in 5 minutes still can you bath in like 5 minutes yeah yeah i can i can even today sometimes sometimes like you know when you are late to office because of morning running training and all so my wife my mom suddenly see me getting into the bathroom and by the time they realize i am back also she will ask me oh whether you actually naya kya to that is the that is your navy days training which comes in you know but if uh, tell me one thing uh, you were in navy but these etiquettes and things which you are told in navy are they similar if you have any idea in army yeah, yeah. and uh, See, air force all academies work on that same principle whether mm-hmm. it's navy whether it's army whether all it's right. air force so basic uh, fundas of uh, you know training is same only your uh, curriculum changes is when you i go for a seamanship training or something they go on a different they go for a infantry training or mm-hmm. artillery training or whatever their physical things are more in army compared to navy and air force we are more into seamanship water activities and other thing but mm-hmm. the basic remains same so even if i meet any of the army guys my senior my junior even air force guys we all gel so fast you know because our academy principles are very same the fundamentals so, fundamentals same. are same and even even 20 years after our service today even i meet a senior of mine when i come to know which batch equivalent nd equivalent or nc equivalent he is so automatically it goes to him and well so if he is too close senior to me i will call him today even today i'll call him sir in fact i would not not have met him in life anywhere but when i count okay you are 90th nda okay so you are senior to me or if someone i meet he is i am 92nd nda equivalent so if he is 94th nda equivalent he will call me sir so that goes by it's a unwritten law you law. know law and the respect and, and the beauty you see like 20 years after still as someone who's 40 years after still that chain of command or everything is followed even after retirement wow so that's the beauty of armed forces mm-hmm. and how was it uh, i mean the training times uh, what they very demanding in uh, navy so training time uh, as i say uh, even today when i speak at lot of places i say that you know army navy or air force or the paramilitary training anything it makes you from a boy to a man you know as simple as that uh, so similarly for my lady coastmates who were there so uh, we had some uh, 12 lady coastmates so everyone is at par you know so there's no lady no gents who uh, are officers you are coastmates and everybody all equal. all equal so if if you don't perform equally you are not to be there as simple as that so initial days were very tough because you had parade training you have pt training you have uh, so many you know seamanship training then you had cross country then suddenly at night you get called for nothing you have punishment and uh, you have as you know like you would have been very familiar with the white uniform but there are so many uniforms we have some uh, number till number 10s we have like blue and blue working blue then there are ceremonial uniforms then there are pts uniforms sports uniform then there are winter uniforms summer uniform evening jackets 
wow then uh, you know like when you get a uh, liberty on sunday to go out you have some academy uniform so the uniforms are huge the number are huge and then we used to make any mistake even if you don't used to make mistake if some of your batchmate used to make mistake there used to be uh, this bugle piped at some time and entire academy has to come out and without you knowing what is happening you would be in punishment uh, for no reasons you know sometimes absolutely no reason you will also know, don't know ki what's happening and then there's some there's an amazing punishment called patti parade we call patti parade patti parade yeah so that's like uh they give you 4 5 or 6 minutes and you have to change in uh, they will say okay number 10 so you have to find out your number 10 where entire thing and come back and report and stand in 7 minutes so wow even one of your you stand in a line eight eight of you files so if one of them is missing the entire file get punishment you know the entire so, crew yeah so they will say okay number 10 now then suddenly they okay number number uh 8 is so you have to wear that white shorts and with all your uh, you know that robe seamanship robe and they torture you like anything but towards the end of 6 8 once you are champion in every or, or you are smart you start wearing your shirt towards her even then there are people who keep checking your color of your socks whether you know if you're wearing right. number 10 whether you're wearing a white socks inside okay so if you wear anything wrong you are still you're on punishment again punishment so the life was pretty beautiful they tried to break you they tried to break you it's, it's all part of training to make you mentally strong because i remember uh, in goa heat uh, sometime when you coming back from your classes which is at 1:30 when you leave and then suddenly they announce a punishment on the road itself and many a time they had given a punishment off shirt also wherein you are absolutely in sun and you are rolling on the uh, tar road you know rolling so, on the tar road tar road oh my god just imagine your back and all get literally scars and burnt Burns. all over but it makes you mentally mentally so strong so strong so that when you are out of academy uh, so you are a different person you know you are a different person so yeah academy uh, was tough academy has to be tough Uh, so otherwise you you are not tough so so from a mediocrity they make you into a class to 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 everyone i still remember so many of my batchmates first day they came from various part of india in various attire some some looking damn good some was just on a sleeper and a bag when they all passed out of academy in 6 months they were a different people actually taking care of their dress their shoes and the way they look the way they stand or the way they talk all those things and yeah the best thing and you know the best thing what navy gave was uh this is a tradition in navy when you pass out it's called passing out parade mm-hmm. probably that feeling of you getting a stripe it's called the stripe ceremony passing out parade ceremony probably there is no other feeling in the world other than that because even every everyone of cherish everyone of us cherish that moment because it's like even if you happen to see youtube videos and all you pass out from the deck there is choppers flying over you doniers and chopper they uh, shower the petals and when you're passing out from the parade ground you pass out and then you know you're the best moment because you're get, going to get your stripes and uh, when you go towards mess your parents or whoever is the most loud to you they stand behind you 
and on your uniform, ceremonial uniform with your stripes, what we call epaulet. Both the parent, yeah, both the parent stands uh, on mom stands towards the left side. The left is closer to your heart, mm-hmm. and dad on the right side. And with the uh, tone of band, they have to remove that uh, this thing, and you get your your officer. Uh, you know that uh, sub lieutenant stripe is open. And wow. They present you to the nation. Your parents present you to the nation. You are finally handed over. Handed to over the to the nation. And uh, from then on, you are you are the son of nation. You know, like wow. So so that feeling is so amazing, so amazing. Probably uh, no job in this world can have that feeling. You know, can give you that give that feeling. Wow, that's an amazing story. So, uh, like after you uh, made out of the academy and. What was your first salary? Okay. What you got okay. So, there? so when we were in academy, we used to get a stipend. So, the stipend itself was like you know twenty thousand or something. Stipend wow. was twenty thousand way back, and twenty thousand was a huge money then. Yeah. And then uh, we never used to get uh, you know we only used to get uh, cash some six thousand rupees in academy, and rest all used to go it in, into our account so that when we come out of academy, you get a lump sum. So that six thousand was raw, you know, like you had that smell of uh, that uh, note. Notes. <laughs> so that was the first time you get a salary, actually. But uh, as I said, during my engineering days, uh, four of our friends we used to run a classes in uh, Bhandup here, mm-hmm. a coaching class to support. Uh, all of us were engineers, and all of us were learning engineering. So we used to conduct uh, tuitions for kids. So. For pocket money, so pocket money point of view, I had started earning pretty early, mm-hmm. and then I was also uh, I'm a black belt uh, dan too, karate. So I used to wow. run uh, karate classes long back to support my. So it was uh, the karate you learned before the academy? yeah before the academy that was uh, in my school days, and then uh, when I was in 11, 12th and engineering, so I used to run karate classes. So only wow. aim was to support that you know your education and uh, funding because I have two brothers also to support. Mm-hmm. So being self-sufficient was always uh, there earlier. Mm-hmm. So when I got that first salary in Navy, it was a huge salary, twenty thousand. Wow. So you know. So where did you spend it? So yeah, six thousand. They don't allow you to spend. You know, ah. six thousand rupees. They give it to you only for emergency. Mm-hmm. Rest of it uh, gets uh, used to get accumulated in bank. Deposited. In Deposited. Bank. So they used to do itself. And only liberty you had to spend was say once in a month they used to they used to let you to go out uh, uh, to in uh, Goa where the where the academy was and that to very restricted time and all and you used to spend like anything and the biggest spend for us was soft drinks because we never used to get anything in academy you people used to gulp gorge and you know all those unhealthy foods whatever you because academy used to give you healthy foods right and you never used to healthy food so so yeah so things changed and uh, then from goa i moved to uh, my first appointment was uh, uh, in a ship called ins kirpan kirpan so, kirpan yeah mm-hmm. so the interesting story as you are aware that uh, we were at war uh famously known as kargil war with pakistan was, with pakistan that was in 99 it was called operation vijay on a bigger scale mm-hmm. so kargil was the main area where everything happened you know 
so that's why it's remembered as kargil war so it like, was the time of vajpayee i think right yeah that's why mm-hmm. 99 i still remember 99 and then uh, the prominent role of course of course there's no disputing about it army played a very very major role and then many of my batch equivalents you know like what we were 22 23 mm-hmm. and the army guys lieutenants and all so the infantry guys who were just out of academy like us they were there leading their men there because you know we all are thought to be leader when you are out of academy you are just pushed into raw thing and many of the uh, young guys who martyred who got paramveer chakra and all they were like our batch equivalents and senior or just senior and all wow just so, listening to it my i'm getting so goosebumps so you should read this book uh, by uh, there's a girl daughter of colonel divedi mm-hmm. so she had written a book letters from kargil if you have, yeah i've heard about it if you ever get a chance to read that book read that because uh, it it gives you wonderful insight of what happened there and the bravery of her guys you know officers and men and all so that was the time uh, i got my first appointment and that was uh, in a ship called ins kirpan you know kirpan as you are aware 1971 ins kukri was the ma- major uh, when navy attacked pakistan kukri was wow. kukri has its own story so kirpan is again a kukri class of ship mm-hmm. so my other batchment was posted in kukri and i was in kirpan and then uh, i still remember getting two weeks of leave and then me coming home and i was uh, told to join back ship immediately and the ship was at bombay mm-hmm. when you reported to ship and then you could sense there is something serious happening and that time we used to listen more about kargil war and all and then uh, it was told that navy is also into war you know like navy is preparing for navy is also read like what we right. read other day that navy you know when when such scenarios happen all all the uh, wings of armed wings. forces are prepared so so when i was when i reported to that ship uh, i could see okay something is happening here something is cooking and then uh, my senior guy whom i reported there he was a lieutenant and i was a sub lieutenant and i was a junior most uh, no there were a couple of midshipmen there so then we were told captain uh, met other day morning when an officer joined he has to formally meet captain in his chamber so when you met him he said okay guys uh, you know where you are you know so for me it was new because uh, you know first ship appointment and and then he explaining okay we are in a, you are in a warship which is going to be at the war so i hope you had uh, met your family amply you had given your time that's why uh, you were sent on leave or whatever so i still remember oh shit <laughs> okay the first expression oh shit okay i'll die <laughs> you know and then as i said you know uh, whatever brave you are that fear everyone that uh, inch of fear is there in everyone and yeah. fear and, and like bravery is beautiful fear is also beautiful fear uh, you know there are various emotions attached to that fear when that fear happens first time then you realize okay 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 so many things i have not done i could have done i could have said hello to him but then again entire things take over that euphoria of going to war and for what you have been in the navy uh, for what you have been paid 
and then you are getting a golden chance wherein generations have joined armed forces they have not seen war or thing yeah and nobody wants war but then yes if you are if you are at it you are at it so so we were considering uh, ourselves lucky to be there okay so you have joined your career you are you know you you are into something that people actually long for so so entire uh, uh, scenario and the ship was totally uh, very motivated but of course they were uh, when people used to be alone or silent they used to be in deep thoughts and all because many of my seniors were there you know family and kids are or grown up kids or college going kids or school going kids so i could i was a bachelor then uh, my wife was my girlfriend that time and uh, yeah i used to know and i still remember writing a long letter to her saying that i don't know whether i'll be back or not so my god so when i read letter from kargil i remember that letter which i wrote to her and uh, so we went off to the ship casted off and uh, for obvious reason i cannot tell you where but we were at a strategic location and we were just waiting for uh, the order from government uh, mm-hmm. to you know uh, be at, ready be ready and attack pakistan or whatever so uh, hopefully we were hopeful that things will come what happened in 71 the way we attack karachi so this time also we were hopeful that we get or we would get the order but then uh, around that time uh, probably pakistan retreated back in uh, kargil and then uh, indian army had captured most of the places mm-hmm. and then uh, they declared the war war to be end so so we were in that area of operation war operation area and then uh, ship came back thereafter so so by virtue of being in a war zone being in a warship and in that scenario all of us who were part of that you get to wear that operation vijay which you call kargil medal mm-hmm. so uh, as i say army air force had a major role uh, but you can you cannot underestimate the role of navy uh so proudly aware that medal mm-hmm. the intensity of uh, you know war which army would have faced is much much higher but still all of us get a chance to wear yeah. that medal yes yeah. so i proudly wear that medal operation which i star and operation which i medal wow and that's a then again i got a chance when i was posted in visakhapatnam again we were at a war in uh, about to be at war somewhere in 2003 so this time i was more into you know uh, my basic after doing my uh, engineering when i i did my specialization in missiles and weapon control so meanwhile you did the specialization <clears throat> yeah so i was posted in uh, a place called kalinga in visakhapatnam and after going through my marine specialization i am from the control score so instrumentation and control so i happened to be in the electrical cadre of navy so i did my uh, you know specialization in missiles and weapon controls mm-hmm. and then i was posted in visakhapatnam in a missile base so you again got a chance to be a part of you know preparation 2003 2003 so that operation was called operation parakram so all right the, you have to prepare your missiles and so i was part of that and again i got okay so within a span of 10 years in navy you know, one one active participation you got to see and one almost active participation mm-hmm. which involved your technical skills and other thing so i wear a medal of operation parakram again mm-hmm. so yeah so within a span of 10 years a lot of decorations and 
i happened to get the commendations from chief of naval staff in 2006 that is when i was in bombay posted in bombay dockyard bombay dockyard yeah naval dockyard bombay mm-hmm. i happened to get two more commendation from flag officer in chief western naval command uh 2004 and uh 2003 i got from the flag officer chief eastern naval command so let you see my uniform i'm pretty decorated then <laughs> yeah and yeah i do miss it because i always wanted to continue in navy mm-hmm. but some circumstances uh, i had to you know say bye bye or have to move on so what was that inflection point uh, when you decided you need to move out now so uh, so when uh, i decided i am a short service commission officer as you know there are permanent commission and short service i am from the short service commission cadre irrespective of that they uh, it's 7 years but then when then you get an extension to 10 years and 14 years so i since i had done my specialization i extended to 10 years when i got a chance to enroll as permanent commission officer my paper was through everything was through i was forced to uh, you know sign for perm- permanent commission because i was doing pretty well in navy all these commendations and decorations somehow you know like uh, even my bosses there said ki if i happened if i stay back in navy i would make it good you know make it to a good rank uh, if everything goes well because my uh, whatever the annual confidential report and all was pretty well but then there come a chance for a situation in life where you have to choose uh, between your family and your career mm-hmm. for me uh, that thing came because we are primarily from bombay born and brought up here mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's next rank going to be commander and all the transfers are pretty often in navy like 2 2 3 3 years so one of the thing uh, me and my wife when we did a swot analysis or this thing because had i been a permanent commission officer initially then i would not have had any chance i would have to had to continue mm-hmm. being a short service commission officer uh, i had a option of moving out of 10 years so so we did lot of uh, analysis of and everything and then the only thing which came was okay you it's a transferable job so there is no permanent place for you and uh, she was also uh, having a good career in it and then uh, uh, fortunately unfortunately even after six pay commission uh substantially the cash in hand was not that great but that never was a deterrent to me even today you know like mm-hmm. i still miss those days uh, so we took a decision of moving out because we wanted to be in bombay we wanted to build our house here mm-hmm. her parents are here my parents are here so somebody has to be there they are also going to age mm-hmm. and yeah so it was a very tough decision for me per se Uh, as an individual mm-hmm. because uh, i had dreamt i had lived navy throughout and then uh, but nothing comes more than family if we had decided we had decided in touchwood uh, i never regret that decision of living today uh, at the same time i always feel that pinch but i never regret because mm-hmm. whatever today i am you know like uh, i am in a much uh, better position and mm-hmm. whatever corporate and running and blogging yeah probably this scenario or my friends this set of friends whom i have today probably i would not have met all those beautiful things which is happening in life today right. you know it would have been in a different sphere mm-hmm. no regret no regret absolutely but as i said i i do miss i do miss mm-hmm. 
I do pretty often visit my batchmates who are still continuing. Couple of them are there. Till they are there. Till they are there, and they are at senior rank, very mm-hmm. senior rank. So I would have been a captain by now. Uh, mm-hmm. This year, senior captain. You know, had I continued. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a beautiful thing which happened. So how was your uh, transition from the defense life into the civilian life? So uh, transition uh, to me was easy to be very frank because I being from Bombay and my last appointment was in Naval Dockyard Bombay where you have to deal with civilians you know like mm-hmm. uh, so you are in charge it's a Naval Dockyard is one of the biggest uh, shipyards in Bombay uh, in Asia and then you have 10,000 workforce and I was a center manager for a workforce of 300 people uh, from technical cadre non-technical cadre at the dockyard at the dockyard and they are not uniformed you know mm-hmm. i would say yeah because once you are a uniform person uh, so you have to automatically obey your leader your command so for these people they are not bound to you know it was so more you, like a blue collar kind of thing. Uh, this was more like a blue collared and unions and all and the entire managerial skill had to be put to tested to get work done and uh, to take them along with to take union along it was an entire new experience to me because uh, i being uh, you know in uh, naval bases where everything was pretty structured so yeah i survived and survived very well because as i said all my decorations came from naval dockyard work mm-hmm. and then i was there for good number of years probably one of the longest serving guys in naval dockyard five years because couple of time my transfer did come but the command didn't allow because i was doing pretty well there and uh, and the best part was uh, being with that those workforce uh, being able to speak fluent marathi you know the first day when i went when my appointment came uh, being a nayar and so someone coming posted from visakhapatnam and when i was posted in that center nobody knew who i am so there is a, a methodology or there is a process of addressing people first day and you can see a light murmur amongst people okay mm-hmm. the south indian or we agya karke skepticism skepticism and you know that you build a thing around a person okay ye malayali hoga ya whoever ye madrasi hai that's the common ye kya karega ye kai karna and trust me i started my speech in marathi wow that was the first time when i took the mic i spoke uh, uh, in marathi Mm-hmm. and then the entire i could see still even today i could see the shock on the face of people because predominantly uh, everyone are maharashtrians there 80% are maharashtrian yeah. 20 20 25% from other places so i could see the shock on everybody's face and then i said that i am born and brought up in hardcore slum of mumbai so don't mess with me <laughs> wow and then uh, trust me that relation became so strong so strong with people there and they are even today they are friends most of them even even today after leaving that uh, center close to 10 years plus even today they call they call for their annual functions even today they call any doubt or anything which they stuck get stuck up sometime or if they want to share something personal their family thing lot of them call back that shows the bonding which you develop in 6 years you had your ups and downs uh, and they were those people who were ready to you know jump into sea at just one one of your call 
because you'll be jumped so they will jump that way oh. these are the people who will actually take your ass if you uh, you know uh, if they know that you are messing around with them so you have to build that trust and they are technically very very strong mm-hmm. uh, many a times when ships and uh, dry docks happened and these are the people who actually define things they had lived engines they have seen the generators they have worked on that hands on you know whoever the engineers are you may be a tech guy but uh, you may be theoretically strong but these are the people who, who do can the tell everything with the sound of the you know engine uh, the pattern of vibration or they will tell okay wow. there is something wrong mm-hmm. so getting those people into confidence and working with them leading them they retire you know with a boiler suit and messing with them many a time i used to mess with them i used to go to their mess and sit and they used to get shock of their life how come an officer is dining with us mm-hmm. so that shows that teaches you the technique of being a manager right being a good uh, skilled manager and how to get work done mm-hmm. so today it becomes very easy when you are a, in a corporate in white, a corporate white, kind of white color things of course you always miss those defense thing so there were 10 people you have to say it works on a culture sir so today you know it's a pretty open culture and mm-hmm. but yes you still command that respect amongst your peers today being a naval ex naval officer so transition uh, for me was not that uh, difficult but uh, after navy navy sends you for your uh, you know transition mba so i did my i did my mba from jamnalal bajaj uh, mm-hmm. mumbai so uh, and then i also did a defense mba from narsi monji so right. when i was about to leave navy mm-hmm. and then uh, it is for you to teach how to gel into civil life and everything for me it was pretty easy and when i landed a job from there into a family owned business rather it was a punjabi family they were into pharma equipment mm-hmm. and it did give me a cultural shock because it was a family owned business and Uh, but yeah i spent a good one year with them they did uh, respect me a lot um, but uh, i was never comfortable with uh, you know the type of culture the work was but i did uh, i was their project head and then i later became vice president there and then within one year he wanted to make me ceo there but then i had to move on because mm-hmm. that's the time i got back to shipping uh IRS in the current place where i'm working in the ratio of shipping so i moved practically at half the salary from you know from All navy right. i went here i was having a very good salary mm-hmm. but uh, life health used to took a big toll because of traveling multi traveling they had three four companies everywhere so i travel travel so i put on a lot of weight uh, from being a fit guy to my scale moved to 107 oh my um, god i was there because a whole lot of travel outside food then i i came to know that i am having hypothyroid and then hypothyroid hypothyroid i was my thyroid shot so badly mm-hmm. that i was a huge guy and then uh, suddenly i was looking for a change of job and this happened at a half salary you know mm-hmm. so i moved to irs irs indian ratio of shipping and then again this was more like my background of marine mm-hmm. so i started feeling comfortable and the best thing was i used to get time for myself i started right. getting some time and the one of those doctors at fortis uh, then wokard he suggested me to get back to endurance you know all right and someone was so so fit to correcting course correcting course <laughs> and then the journey started happen mm-hmm. so yes so uh, coming back to your question transition 
initially was difficult but now it's beautiful you know 10 years all that uh, managerial skills which you developed there skills, you uh, can apply now you can apply now actually all those things which you read in MBA and all it has to come into practice you know mm -hmm. then it just uh, remains an MBA exercise right so that's all so as you told uh, you were diagnosed with hypothyroid that's right so so how did you course correct uh, your health uh, issues and how did you get introduced to running uh, okay so as I was saying that you know like uh, from being a healthy being to uh, what do you call a overweight something like a looking like a potato you know like 107 <laughs> kg wow that's not massive. a joke uh, mm -hmm. but then constantly I was ignoring it and uh, to me the biggest thing was I was one of the fittest when I was in Navy uh, after being in academy and for pretty certain time till the time I was in Naval Dockyard when the work actually caught up pretty hectic uh, schedule of work, erratic work, being in the industrial setup uh, and then traveling. I used to stay at Mulund. Uh, so Navy has given me that liberty of staying at home. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it used to be like 14-15 hours in a day. You used to only do work and commute and very hardly I used to get time. Mm -hmm. So I could see the deterioration of health had started. Uh, towards the end of 2006-2007, I could gradually feel the girth increasing and uh, you know your waist size going from 32 to 34 within no time 36 then ah, one day yeah you happen to go to lifestyle even 36 doesn't fit you 38 oh went to 42 huge you know huge so then there was this time when my daughter was born in 2006 and then uh, you know, then something happened. Someone asked me like, why this is happening. So I said, okay, probably I'm about to leave Navy and, uh, you know, a lot of parties those days. But that all was an excuse. And then uh, for an annual medical, when I went to Naval Hospital Ashwini, there I realized when the blood was taken, doctor asked me, do you have thyroid? I said, no, I'm not aware. Then he said, okay, I think you have, an, you have thyroid. And that was my uh, annual medical towards my release from Navy. Mm -hmm. And then when I got released from Navy, uh, the first thing, again, one year passed on and uh, I didn't do anything. Uh, you know, as I said, I was with a family-oriented, business-oriented uh, company. A lot of traveling, so... So the weight kept on adding mm -hmm. and then uh, I was told to meet a doctor at Fortis, Vokart mm -hmm. rather. Mm -hmm. uh, his name was Dr. Sudhindra Kulkarni. I still remember, I still consult him. And that's how uh, the first twist with endurance happened. So he, when he looked at my report, he said, boss, uh, you know, it's something very drastic and something I have not seen in many days, such sort of dangerous dangerous thyroid level, what you call. And then I was put on medication of Elthroxine. Uh, mm -hmm. Along with the medication, I was told to restart walking. He said, okay, forget running, you have to walk, yeah, swim. So, uh, there, thereafter began the journey of, you know, getting back to walking and uh, someone who used to be very fit, someone who had run camps in academy uh, and then that camps used to be like 
you know it, it used to be a distance of some 80 80 plus kilometer in certain time you have to finish to finish your camps in academy so for a person like that you have to restart walking again and this journey started from say one kilometer mm-hmm. even uh, one kilometer was tough 400 meters of walking some running some walking and yeah days weeks months then you started uh, from one kilometers you moved on to say five kilometers mm-hmm. and then the journey was beautiful because there was a gym close by uh, gold gyms in Mulund and there were not many many people who used to run on road so that's when I started running on road and then yeah within no time I could do my first 10 kilometer and the best thing was I started losing weight you know and then there was some controlled food habits uh, along with the medication and then running I got hooked on to running and uh, that was the time when running was growing up as a sport in India and Bombay and we were lucky few of the you can say earlier runners in Mumbai mm-hmm. and that was also the advent of social media Facebook and was had just started so we were on a platform called runners for life initially and okay. uh, yeah so it was a website or something? it was a website okay. even today they were the earlier uh, you know sort of a company from Bangalore to promote running to promote running they got us together most of us across India and very few people used to run and today you see in lakhs and lakhs that right. time it was in numbers you numbers know. today is even today we uh, runners as a very minuscule population in spite of so many people running so the journey was beautiful from zero kilometer from 107 the weight came to 100 then yeah so then three figures so you come come into 90s then you know 92 93 whatever and then you got stagnant at some place again and come back and today as i sit in front of you i weigh 83 today yeah the journey has been beautiful and because of thyroid many a time it remains static uh, if you stop your workouts or things like that again it, the weight fluctuates so mm-hmm. in one thing it is a blessing in disguise because that's why i started running and you have to keep on keep doing on it running now. It and even, uh, you know, uh, I've been giving this interview to you more of as a runner. Uh, so mm-hmm. even the interview is happening because I'm a runner. or, yeah. or so, so I would not have come to know you. Yeah. So thanks to thyroid, you always see a positive side of things. And mm-hmm. I'm happy that, you know, it took it me to this level today. And now you are going to do comrades as well, the comrades yeah, race right. in that's South right. Africa. South Africa. So when is it uh, planned to? So okay, so comrades is on June uh, 9th, uh, two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm. So as you said, it's a eighty-nine kilometer run, and it's in South Africa, and the route is uh, like multiple hills, and it's a very mm-hmm. prestigious race. Uh, it's 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 doable race, of course, with with hell lot of training, you know, like so for a person like me, I come in a slow runners, I term myself as slow runner. And for me, I was only dreaming comrades when I used mm. to see Satish Gujran. And someday I had a dream, okay, I'll do. So, so Satish Gujran is uh, the he is he is he's the god of running, I would say. Like <laughs> he's doing his tenth comrades this tenth year. comrades. Tenth comrades. Wow. And uh, He's there as a mentor to me anytime mm-hmm. you have. And then when I express my desire this year to run, 
so wife was very supportive at the same time with the promise that only this year because comrades take a lot of time of your personal time and yeah. training time and uh, i've been training for it for last uh, the foundation building was have been started from last one year plus and today i'm into my peak of training of comrades two months into comrades mm -hmm. already as i was saying you 67 days and 725 kilometers already done wow that's many huge mileage <laughs> and trust me like earlier even running of 42 kilometers used to cut off at 30 Uh, but today at this stage touch wood uh, when I, i do a 65 or a 45 or a 50 a mind has been conditioned so as i said it's all mind mind commands you know like mm. body just follows right so i'm sure two more months of training uh, and and i'm very positive and hopefully uh, hopefully there's no word called hopefully very positive of uh, uh, finishing it and crossing the finish line i'm already visualizing and touch wood with all the blessings and with all the hard work and training with everyone uh, being there you know backing you with good mentors around mm -hmm. with my coach viv uh, menan uh, giving the plan and viv menan yeah okay. viv is my coach okay and lot of uh, people supporting and uh, on the social media lot of people follow my training uh, what i am doing so it's a story of ordinary rana attempting something big you know mm -hmm. uh, so the best part for me the race day crossing would be a definitely a significant uh, thing in my life but training towards it is something uh, very prestigious to the me. process is the more process is more and i enjoyed the process enjoyment. you know and yeah. i'm i know that i will uh, cross the finish line of comrades yeah so that's with the flag on your chest with the flag on your chest flag is always very 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 uh, you know prestigious to me and it's like a very sacred thing right and uh, i'm very vocal about it and i wear flag on my everything you know mm -hmm. so being a fauji or whatever all right okay so moving moving away a little from running going back to your um, after you finished your naval career meanwhile how were you doing investments i mean uh, But to point out the money part uh, is there any process uh, you put yourself into to invest certain amount or at some places so you can lead a better life later on uh, definitely yes so uh, to me i am lucky that my partner my wife uh, she is able finance person mm -hmm. and uh, her articles have come in economics times and other thing so yes so with both of her salaries uh, you know all planning is done planning is pretty strong and uh, i believed in early investments correct investments when i was a bachelor that was the time i had invested in my first house at mulund uh, you know you have a feel of that place and of course when she was my girlfriend that was the time uh, she also advised that we need to buy a house in such and such locality and we bought our house first house way back and today that house which was 10 lakh rupees today it's appreciated to 2 crores or something mm -hmm. within a span of say 19 years mm -hmm. and plus a uh, lot of other investment whether you say it's a mutual fund or whether it's a equity or whether it's some term plan so we we are pretty planned out our thing and uh, now since daughter she is growing up get plan the education the funding required 
so yeah so we are a pretty well planned uh, family that way mm-hmm. and uh, all of us we need to definitely plan for your investment uh, investment has to be at parked at right place apart from keeping your hobbies and everything this is a must thing you know yeah so money should be flowing and at some point of time you should be emi free so that you can pursue your hobby mm-hmm. it should not be a deterrent to uh, pursue your hobby uh, else you keep on working 9 to 5 and one following day, the rat race one day you will die also <laughs> so you will not realize yeah so uh, my advice to youngsters would be that very important to plan your thing and you can't just live like a hippie on daily basis you know mm-hmm. so plan your finances plan your finances right all right so moving on can you tell a little bit more about your current career uh, which you are pursuing and the passions which you are pers- trying to pursue on the side okay so uh, running still uh, stands on priority because this passion is uh, linked to my health life saver life saver to me it's a life saver you mm-hmm. know till till death uh, it will be a life saver so i'll have to move into running cycling swimming whatever uh, other than that as you're aware i have moved after navy uh, now i head i am associate vice president with uh, Uh, the national maritime classification society of india mm-hmm. so i had uh, one of the uh, uh, promoted companies called air uh, class systems and solutions private limited i had their uh, compliance quality training risk and all so there are three more uh, subsidiary companies who report to me for all these functions mm-hmm. and a uh, very interesting role uh, you know have spent lot of time in this role in various aspect i used to head the marine division quality and other thing earlier so is a whole dimensional technically uh, very satisfying and enriching and uh, the concepts you learn in quality management system you can apply it into your daily life whether it's running uh, so and you also take back your running into your corporate life because uh, whenever i speak at various places i do give the examples of 21 kilometers and 21 principles of life and vice versa quality management system and into your running so uh, job has been pretty satisfying and uh, being at the senior position uh, you have lot of guys reporting to you so even nurturing them uh you know uh, managing the talent and uh, in that process you also learn so learning never ends as as i said mm-hmm. and yes uh, when in the corporate role i'm pretty dynamic and a lot of people look up to me so uh, to merge passion and uh, you have to find time out because it's a rat race you know like you go traffic three hours traffic morning evening together three hours because of metro and other thing mm-hmm. and then work of say 10 hours or whatever uh, you have to find your time you know so and to me having a passion is a must whether it's running music cycling uh, anything reading it keeps you it keeps you alive you know otherwise mm-hmm. it's just a rat routine life right so it's keep the life uh, interesting it, it keeps the life interesting you know so so you you wait for those weekends and small small moments yeah 
and moving on to this this passion part as i uh, said earlier you uh, created this uh, series on facebook called they inspire where you were profiling uh, common runners too so uh, you turned it into a book so can you talk more about that book and uh, how that opportunity arrived and how did you capitalize on that opportunity and moved uh, into that direction okay so uh, when i was you know when i started into facebook and when this community was growing of running and when a lot of friends got added it built over a time and then i used to write you know like i was good at writing short humors and technical articles during my navy days so writing was always there uh, being creative was a is a god gift of course so so i started uh, writing on people because i used to see in running community there are so many inspirational people where you can derive stories why to uh, you know go outside because uh, to a sachin tendulkar or a yuvraj they are icons there no doubt about it their stories are pretty inspiring but then when you see the common people there are stories so one such person i first wrote about was uh, mumtaz qureshi he mm-hmm. he is a runner and uh, you know he runs for himself and Uh, then i said when the social media became very powerful this guy went into oblivion i said okay no i have to write his story let me try so that name pretty came randomly as a title they inspire and i uh, wrote the first snippet or the interview pattern on facebook and to my surprise uh, by the time i posted at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock in the evening and when morning when i was checking my phone it was like some 200 likes or something and i was like oh wow uh, <laughs> that time also never your profile pic also don't get that much of attention <laughs> that is the time i realized that people need inspiration you know mm-hmm. and that to live inspiration yeah and even today everyone want inspiration and so our world is so busy we always look inspiration in each other and that's how the series started so I used to write weekly or fortnightly about one person, and then it got started building up, building up. And some weeks I used to miss, and I used to get messages, "Where are the stories?" So I said, "Oh wow!" So people are following it up, and then series happened, and then midway somewhere around, uh, you know, like thirty-five, I think thirty-six stories. That's when I uh, crossword, I met crossword. someone introduced to them and then they said the concept is pretty unique and they have this publishing house called the right place under them and they promote the first time author and my book my uh, contents are solid for a good book you know because running uh, doesn't have indian authors much books only couple of them and then this would be a unique story uh, combination of you know. so that's how the theme started working And then we said okay so 42 people so that means 42 kilometers of uh, full marathon so for right. so i said okay 42.2 so 0.2 will be your introduction as a author <coughs> and 0.2 means you in comparison to all 42 your story is minuscule you know mm-hmm. so you have to put it at end as an author so all those things started working around and then i started one of the dream of course was to be an author because mm-hmm. someday uh, though i was not knowing the process of being an author so that's how the crossword uh, uh, gave a big help and support and uh, everything as a story the cover if you see has hashtag they inspire yeah. hashtag is because it happened on social media that's why the 
from the first book with the title first book anywhere to with, with the title hashtag and they inspire inspire even if you see when the book cover ins is capital so ins yeah. in the navel services now the book has a shoe background adidas that was the time i used to represent adidas as a brand mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah the whole lot of stories happened so 2016 that book was uh, released and today even today itself it has sold more than 3000 copies wow so the second edition is in pipeline so mm-hmm. that should by this year and it would be out wow so, so you are doing the second part of the book second part well? is already ready okay. uh, there is a story of another 42 lovely people mm-hmm. across india Wow. So, so it's called uh, they inspired two or something. No, so the name uh, we are just contemplating, okay. uh, you know, in discussion. But the mm-hmm. script and things are pretty ready. Mm-hmm. So by year end, you will see the release of this second edition. Wow. Then there are some my blogs combination of my humor and called running humor. So there is that third book on that being worked out mm-hmm. more or less about my articles of so many years. So interesting three in the running cadre. Wow. and then there i'll shift to stories and other thing right so and comedy some, and some yeah like that's my my strong point is humor yeah so so most of my writings i work around that yeah so i always try to make a point through my writing so being in this space for pretty long so looking forward to it uh, for my second and third book and thanks to running uh, as i said i am here talking to you then mm-hmm. i am an author blogger so many people are good friends they follow i follow them the common thread is running no, that's across right. that's right nice all right and uh, moving forward what do you think about uh, having a side gig or a passion and why that is important for anyone passion is very important even today when i do lot of motivational speaking in schools corporates everywhere so passion is one thing which you look forward you know like otherwise my life is that you know like it's 24 hours you get up you go to office come back and then you have routine stuff to do so if you have a passion you you have something that extra to look forward you know uh, and that that keeps you as i say that keeps you alive so not necessarily running or cycling or swimming you you can choose any passion and then that passion has not to be only for name sake it has to give you that drive and pleasure or desire or whatever you call so if you have find a right mojo in that that is your passion some people find passion in writing some reading some music uh, so many things you know trekking and other thing so i advise each and every one even kids when i say i said whatever you do have one passion you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, so today's generation kids are lucky you have so much of options parents are open our time and all we didn't have that much of choice only when we are into late 30s and all you yeah. got something that way mm-hmm. so yeah passion drives you passion drives your life live that passion so how do you balance this passion and your professional life and family life how is that uh, going on this is a very apt question because initial days when running started first 2 3 years you were only into running 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 you were eating breathing sleeping running mm-hmm. uh, but at that time initially everyone was pretty happy okay you are a marathoner and all your family was happy but things started changing drastically when you started missing your family function for a sunday morning run and then you realize okay boss now you have to there is something called balancing your passion 
so it is very important to balance that three spheres of your life your family profession and your passion you know even uh, first two are pretty important family and professional life passion is of course you always give it the third priority but it is the equally important so you have to play and juggle around that uh, that three uh, things in uh, in your life even if uh, one thing goes up and down uh, things will change for you so uh, you have to balance it and the act of balancing is only uh, when you are into it you learn the act of balancing so i can't run 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 and i ignore my profession and my family and i can't be 24 hours working and uh, you ignore your passion and family and i, I cannot be full time with your family and ignore right. everything you know so mm-hmm. it has to be a balance of three so these are the three important pillars of your life family profession and your passion everything has to go hand in hand yeah that's right and uh, as you do public speaking as well uh, how did you get into that uh, i mean initially as you were a leader in the dockyard as well you were managing uh, a lot of people under you so i i think the public speaking started from there but you moved on to something like you are now doing gigs on public speaking right that's right so how did you get that opportunity so as i said uh, the public speaking the first thing was nurtured during the engineering college days being a, on stage as a general secretary or whatever that was very little time but uh, the real thing happened in the uh, as i said navy nurtures you to speak and other so every naval officer every armed forces officer at any point of time you allow him to speak he can speak on various subject without any stage fear uh dockyard was a game changer for me when uh, you have to address so many people so many people look up to you each of your words are uh, you know uh, listened carefully and each of your word is interpreted differently so that was the time when every day you have to speak to address people or on a various this thing uh so humor uh, played a big role there to give some serious issues with humor so that is i realized people don't like to hear serious thing mm-hmm. but if you mix humor which are with a tinge of humor they will remain uh, they will laugh they will uh, smile and then they will remember okay here to convey this point so uh, moving on when i shifted from navy uh, and then running happened weight and when that weight change happened weight loss happened so a lot of people started and when i started writing a lot of people started inviting me to speak on you know the transition transformation so initial few talks were about your own transformation mm-hmm. and then the topics moved to my book they inspire mm-hmm. then thing came about the forgy life so so the, my most of my talks are interwoven to all these three things my book my forgy days and my uh, you know that transition phase so i speak in has spoken in lot of corporates and and you mix up with you know the uh, fundamentals of those thing into this this thing into those and corporate into this and it just happened and all my uh, talks are impromptu mm-hmm. you know i don't prepare for my talk and you okay. okay i just ask what is the crowd okay which is the level of crowd okay so i have spoken to ceos i've spoken to the smallest uh, of the kids spoken to every level of executive so when i speak i speak in their language i mix mm-hmm. in the english marathi malayalam whatever if i speak to someone who's at that blue collared level in high fi english 
they will not even stand you right at the same time if i speak to ceos in a level which is for them you know so they won't appreciate it right so over the 3 4 years i've given some 60 70 talks wow each one has been appreciated mm-hmm. you get a lot of feedback i also anchor shows and all you know in my office and yeah the annual show annual mrr mumbai runners right so lot of things a lot of humor and plan to do a stand up some day you know, all wow. those things the next level next level oh awesome and what is your creative process when you are writing uh, do you have any specific rituals uh, or any specific time of the day when you write and how do you, how do you uh, get the ideas okay so my inspiration uh, is johnny liver you know johnny liver, johnny liver so the comedian comedian so uh, i have been following him from pretty long even very recently as i saw a show of his he's very creative because i have been following he say observe you know for a person to write and it's all observation so my observe you may observe the same thing so but if i observe i observe in a very different way like in running also when i write an article i see okay what and i write for people you know like uh, when i write okay if i write this way what will will i get a response or what would be will they smile you know that is my funda and my writing happen at any point of time whether most of the writing thinking happen when i'm driving towards office or coming back from office that is the time when, when something monotonous is happening and true, you are true. you have the mind to and space. the best part is if i think about it i have to write report it immediately after going on a notepad on my mobile or anywhere or if i'm with my friend from gosh so they know that if i'm writing or scrolling something there's okay some creative thing has stuck in so most of my writings blog which have been some small writings which have been shared some 100 200 times by people they have just happened in a flash of 4 minutes or something you know i just wow. wrote down that and i don't believe in checking in grammar and all mm-hmm. so everything is there even my daughter points out uh, at certain time points out at my grammar saying ki papa this is not correct so you forget it as long as people understand you know as long as you can connect to people correct correct that correct. matters correct Mm-hmm. and uh, coming to the routines and habits of yours uh, so how does your typical day look like so typical day uh, it starts pretty early um, as as early as 5 o'clock this days mm-hmm. and then uh, you know you have your pre run run thing because i run a lot of miles this days so mm-hmm. i have a very planned day then i go for my run run is minimum is 10 kilometers to 20 30 uh, even on a working day 10 is minimum mm-hmm. so come back uh, i'm very strong on nutrition you have to take care because of comrades and then uh, you move to office with all those traffic so most of my talks uh, pre talks of office a lot of people give feedback on, about the day uh, on phone when i'm driving once you reach office so it's the office which uh, so i take a very short lunch uh, and then uh, whatever i time i get i write uh, in that mm-hmm. uh, so i spent about 20 minutes writing things that's interesting and then then after while coming back from office typically 6:37 so you have lot of things playing around once i reach home uh, sometimes i do study take studies for my daughter sometimes if they are busy wife and daughter so again you get some time to write some days a gym evening some mm-hmm. days a evening runs also so pretty balanced life and i get a sleep of 6 to 
maximum 6 hours mm-hmm. 6 to 6:30 hours but that's fine with me my body recovers in that time mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah week monday i take off from all this running business and all of course and saturday sundays are my leave from office balancing my time with family and other mm-hmm. thing okay. so far so good and uh, like as being a runner do you do any specific exercises as well like as you mentioned you do include yeah, I do, gym uh, i i i include swimming a lot this day swimming swimming mm-hmm. but that's one of the best recovery mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and i do strength training but uh, i need to do more but i because of this hectic comrade training not able to uh, devote much time into strength training but i i try to you know uh, have two sessions at least a so, week a week Mm-hmm. so overall uh, because of this comrade training things are uh, pretty tough otherwise i'm sure after june again it would be balanced out equally mm-hmm. uh, swimming has become a part integral part of my training so uh, do you plan to do any yeah so so, so like everyone so once you finish your comrades the so next year the next goal is a triathlon of course right. so i've been cycling i did a duathlon recently recently yeah so you have to change, keep changing your goal in this to, to and keep it interesting and keep it interesting you know mm-hmm. so. and how does your nutrition planning goes uh, in between all of this so nutrition uh, i'm thankful to fasten up india they are my uh, sponsors for they support my spon- uh, nutrition from last 4 years Four years, so last four wow. years from the time they launched. Mm-hmm. So pre-run, post-run things are there. BCAA and I do consult uh, my friends who are you know hardcore uh, diet dietitians and nutritionists. Mm-hmm. So a lot of thing, lot of balancing of protein and carbohydrates and the nutrition is pretty well taken care of. Mm-hmm. So, All right. and you follow any mindfulness practices as well like any meditation practice uh to be very frank uh, meditation i do once in a week that's it that's All right. it and to me meditation again uh, is my sleep you know i try to catch up my sleep whenever i get time mm-hmm. so i love listening to music so that is it only time when i get when i go to office mm-hmm. so that kind that's that, kind that's, of meditating that's a meditation you. and running of course is my meditation running is the major meditation, meditation. i would say <laughs> running is meditation in motion rather yeah meditation in motion, motion. yeah amazing and moving forward can you name a person who has had a big impact on your life maybe someone who has been a mentor to you oh uh, see my set of friends uh, as we are sitting in this office reggie is a very good friend mm-hmm. so we have a group of friends uh, we call ourselves gangs of sonapur gangs of sonapur so we are like uh, you know uh, 10 of us and our families are also very very well closely knitted mm-hmm. so they are there every time you know you just uh, we are very close friends all of us are good runners and then they, each one of them motivate you in a different way Uh, and of course uh, to all of us there is one mentor satish gujran mm-hmm. uh, we say him as god of running and uh, he himself is an icon uh, his stories there in my book they inspire he's doing his 10th comrades this year mm-hmm. so he's there at any point of time whenever you need him so this comrades he's like a you know life coach for you of course i have my coach vev who plans for me and he has a lot of uh, friends in running community each one of them are there so many of them in fact uh, you just need to pick up phone and uh, you know uh, to us yeah satish definitely uh, is one mentor whom mm-hmm. you fall back whenever you need yeah, of course this guy is 
and at home uh, wife is the biggest support mm-hmm. because without her support comrades would not have been possible even comrades training would not have been possible so yes you need a bunch of guys to be there with you always uh, there's babu who's there as my first running partner he's mm-hmm. there with, with me for most of my comrade friends and all of them in fact bobby is there who supports pc reji mm-hmm. and uh, murli pankuri abhijit so many of them amazing so you get pieces from different that's right, that's people right. of that's your right. life right they keep the humor intact and everything <coughs> you know Mm-hmm. and uh, what do you think about the social media uh, and how does it impact your work and life uh, in present moment see social media is a very important pillar these days you know there is no running away from it mm-hmm. uh, uh, whatever i am today you know like a lot of people know a lot of people follow uh, so it's because of social media of course and then uh, you have to be very careful on the social media you get Uh, what you write you know you have to think before 10 times what you are writing and then uh, uh, you can't get into argument at the same time you can't spend whole lot of time also there mm-hmm. so uh, irrespective of anything social media is one of the biggest pillars of today's uh, you know um, uh, generation or today's uh, scenario you mm-hmm. can't be away from it yeah and uh, you have to be into it uh, with proper due di- uh, diligence you know right so balanced balance and as i said i am an author more on social media because of social media the book happened mm-hmm. so uh, i have lot learned a lot from social media what to do what not to do the etiquettes there so yes social media is a very important parameter in today's thing mm-hmm. and what tools do you use every day uh, like uh, what kind of phone you are using and what kind of apps do you use on everyday so, basis so garmin uh, is my watch and i have garmin connect app for all my running histories and you know running schedules and mm-hmm. everything and i'm uh, i use extensively my phone is samsung galaxy 9 because mm-hmm. i write it's a pretty big phone 9 plus mm-hmm. and uh, note is one thing which i use extensively to write blog and other thing and uh, of course there are uh, per se fitness app and all garmin is the only thing garmin connect is the app and uh, which i you know rely on Major other than the mm-hmm. facebook and all those yeah. stuff you know mm-hmm. phone plays an important parameter mm-hmm. what advice would you give to your own younger self uh definitely if i were to you know go back in time i would have uh, uh, started being uh, into this sports you know uh, triathlon and other thing pretty early mm-hmm. and i would have done some wise investment though we have invested pretty well there would be some would have been some wise investment somewhere uh, and uh, looking back absolutely uh, there has been no regret per se because everything was pretty well planned only thing was i never whatever happened in between that weight gaining issue probably that wouldn't won't happen if i go back again mm-hmm. that was the toughest phase so yeah so i was a pretty disciplined guy so things were pretty so there was there's nothing much more which i could have done here yeah already decent decent yeah 
and another fun question i have uh, what under 5000 rupees purchase you have made recently which changed your life uh, in a better way ha <laughs> under 5000 bucks okay the most uh, beautiful thing i purchased was swimming accessories all right the swimming stuff you know like all those uh, drill pads and other thing mm-hmm. because that uh, really uh, helped me for my swimming and uh, i started loving swimming i thought navy me tha so it was like more more okay, of a job routine and a job you have to finish so yeah i did a good purchase of all this stuff from decathlon and mm-hmm. uh, so that is the one recent purchase under 5000 you <laughs> say nice all right and uh, any book you would like to recommend uh, to the audience which changed your life in some way so a uh, book i am a avid reader as you are aware mm-hmm. um, uh, by the way you uh, also run a also book club right run a book club called yeah. did you read today me and reji we both are the founder members of that wow we have some 4000 members plus we have monthly meets and all so two books uh, which i would recommend if you are a runner i would recommend a book called born to run mm-hmm. uh, by christopher mcclus i think mm-hmm. and that's a book interesting book and then the second book i would recommend you is to read uh, a book called letter from cargill yeah uh, you mentioned that i mentioned that because you need to know about your soldiers and what they have went through mm-hmm. third book i would recommend is a very uh, book called being mortal by atul gawande Mm-hmm. that book is about life you know the mortality the death and you know how you perceive yeah atul gawande has another re- uh, interesting book called uh, the checklist manifesto that's right right yes, that's yeah. right mm-hmm. i've read my that. favorite all time book is when breath becomes air uh, this wow. book is about paul kalanidhi mm-hmm. he was a cancer surgeon himself and then then he got himself uh it was detected with cancer and how he dies and you know that's a beautiful memoir mm-hmm. uh, that book that book makes you cry so this four book are all time favorite and there are many more books of yeah. course right okay and what does failure mean to you what what is your biggest or rather favorite failure till now as apj kalam says you know uh, success stories are there there are success but you should learn from success stories but you will learn more from the failure stories you know mm-hmm. so I, i i i that words are strongly etched into my this thing failure yes many times you know when i st- uh, ran my first full marathon that was a major failure so some 6 hours 30 minutes or something mm-hmm. so that again got a chance to you to do a analysis of you know do a plan do check analysis of yourself and then how i could have done better at that stage so that is a very constant process even today so that failure had made me uh, what i am today uh, mm-hmm. it made me into a better runner or if if you are only considering running as an aspect but uh, failure keeps on happening you know in your work and other thing a lot of things you plan but it doesn't work and then uh, how you go back and correct it probably you would have done this way mm-hmm. so with success comes failure and with failure comes success both are an integral part and interwoven part rather so never be afraid of failure mm-hmm. great advice and uh, any parting words to uh, my audience 
parting word uh, i would say you know like um, uh, believe in yourself you know uh, even when we were in um, i was in armed forces that was the punch line believe in yourself uh, because every person is different uh, you are your own competition uh, god has made all of us differently you know all of us are special uh, each one of us have uh, some or the other plus or the negatives compete against yourself keep keep a benchmark definitely keep a ideal uh, someone as your ideal where you want to see yourself and uh, keep a passion which is very important i was saying throughout and be positive you know that is the final thing i would say uh, never let negativity creep into it be positive visualize uh, you are uh, you know successful and let your subconscious mind work towards it because wow. if you think negative uh, your conscious mind will also move to negative and your subconscious mind automatically start uh, you know dwelling into negatives infestation so, yeah that's right so visualization mm-hmm. of being positive is very important mm-hmm. so this this is my advice to all the uh, audience who will be listening to it yeah so believe in yourself and be positive awesome it was great talking to you vijay and where can people reach you uh, thank you manshu first of all uh, for having uh, you know this long interview and it was uh, pretty interesting so to reach out to me uh, i am there on facebook as vijay nair uh, mm-hmm. which i serve on instagram as vijay nair and my website is there www.vijaynair.com where i blog most mm-hmm. of my blogs uh, and you can of course reach uh, to me on messenger facebook messenger and things like that so i would definitely respond to you if you want to connect to me all right so all of the good stuff and the links which you mentioned uh, i'll put all of these in the show notes of this podcast episode and thanks vijay for making the time for this uh, interesting and wonderful conversation thank you thank you manchu thank you manchu for uh, you know having a wonderful interview and you know getting back to from my childhood days to what i am today thank you so much yeah hey guys this is himanshu again now before you move on here's something i want to share with you i have one weekly newsletter which is called saturday pentacle you can think of it as a weekly one page magazine for the curious minds where you'll find five awesome things which i have been pondering on in the last week it may contain popular articles blogs photographs instagram posts books videos products or thoughts it's completely free if you want to get it just go to himanshusasdeva.com that's my name himanshusasdeva.com and drop in your email you'll get the very next one i hope you enjoy it And thank you for listening.